Welcome back to the BC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Charger basketball. This is Matt Gall here along with head coach Mark Sfigera on Zoom. Mark's sitting in the coach's office up at Briarcliff. I'm in the comfort of my uh, living room here in Sioux City. And coach, I got to tell you, doesn't get much better than this this weekend. My Hawkeyes beat Wisconsin Badgers on the football field yesterday. Your Hawkeyes too. I know we're both loyal fans. Uh, Iowa basketball team took care of business today against Northern Illinois. Uh, Chiefs won today against the Dolphins, although that got kind of interesting here this afternoon. And uh, foremost, you guys took care of business on the road down at Midland. So not too many uh, times have I been able to enjoy all four of those victories on the same weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad we could do our part for you, Matt. You know, that, that's, that's a good weekend. And I think you forgot to, to mention that Iowa beat Iowa State in basketball on, on Friday night, too. Yeah, how could I forget that? Great dominating win. So continue. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw the numbers. It's been a thousand plus days or something like that since Iowa State's really beat Iowa and any of what the. Yeah, I, they keep calling it a rivalry, but whatever. Right. Yeah. So maybe next year. But, uh, <laughs> we should probably talk about Briar Cliff a little bit uh, since this is a Briar Cliff uh, podcast here. So, like I said, uh, you guys went down to Midland last night and won that game down at their place. And uh, Midland, you know, that's that's a team that – that's been a place to win, it seems like, over the years. So, nice to get that win. Of course, uh, we had a big rivalry game last week, Wednesday, where Morningside came over. In um, that game, you know, pretty close game for the first half, and then they pulled away there in the second half. But why don't you just recap how things went with those two games? Yeah, I'll start Wednesday with the Morningside game, and that's always a fun one. Even in the COVID era with, you know, limited fans and all that, it was still a a big game environment we had. And, you know, I thought the first half we did some really good things. I thought we left some points out there. Um, I thought we gave away a couple points that we, that we shouldn't have. And we were down four, and I, I thought we were in a good place. And then they came out in the second half and, and put a little run on us right away. And uh, we, we just weren't able to really get it back. We got it to eight one time. I think it was up to 14. We got it to eight. And we actually got three consecutive stops, which is a big stat we keep. We want to get as many of those as we can in the game. So we, we call that a kill. We get a kill. And on the ensuing offensive possessions, we had turnover, miss layup, turnover. And that, you know, if you want to look back to, to one instant or one run of possessions of a game, I think that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all, you have to give Morningside a lot of credit. I thought they did a really good job of defending us. I thought they took us out of our offensive rhythm and, and just affected our timing, our spacing, um, and made it hard to score. And, you know, in this league, regardless, you, you got to score points. And, you know, scoring in the 50s is just not going to get it done. And so, you know, we, we were disappointed. There were definitely some things that, that we could have done better and, and definitely some things that, when we prepare to play them the next time, we'll take a good, long, hard look at doing things a little differently. Um, but, you know, I, I was really happy with, with how our guys bounced back. And that's something that, to this point, our guys have done a really good job of. You know, the next day in practice, we had a good day. We, we kind of moved on to get ready for, for Midland this weekend. Um, and, and went down there yesterday. And it seems like every time we go down there, it turns into a shootout. I mean, literally the, the last four years now, 
I think every game we've played at Midland has been an absolute shootout. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was no different yesterday. Stops were at a premium on the defensive side. Um, we, we shot the ball really, really well. Um, we did have some good defensive moments. The stats don't back that up. But, you know, we, did, we had some runs of possessions where we were really good. Um, and I, I thought the biggest key to victory was we had great offensive balance. You know, if you look at the box score, we had Friedel with 16, Gibb with 14, VC with 14, Klein Hesslink and Hoyt both with 12, Vasa with 12 or 10, I think. And that's – we're going to be at our best when we have that kind of balance and we don't have to just rely on one guy to go get baskets for us. And it, it opens things up. The ball moves a little more freely. Um, and so that, that was really encouraging to see. And I, I think on top of it all, probably my favorite thing of the game other than just winning – was the energy and enthusiasm our bench had. And, you know, that seems like a trivial thing. But we were in a situation yesterday where there was very few people there. It was Midland, basically Midland parents only. We had no Briarcliff fans to speak of. And that kind of energy, you know, that helps the guys on the floor. When, when they're making noise, when they're, they're talking, they're doing whatever, that's, that's huge. And I, I thought our guys did a really, really good job of that. And so – Anytime you can get a road win in the G-Pack, you're going to take it and run with it. And there's, there's definitely things we could have done better. Um, but at the end of the day, a road win followed by a shorter than usual turnaround to our next game, we just kind of have to enjoy it last night and, and move on now and get ready for Jamestown. So Jamestown, like you said, it's a, a shorter turnaround than usual. That's going to be a Tuesday game. You guys, I don't know what the accounting department's going to do this week, but they're going to have to record some serious depreciation on the on the uh, school van because you guys are going to be making the trip up to Jamestown on Tuesday, and then you turn around and head down south to Doan on Saturday. So, again, Jamestown's going to be a Tuesday game. Usually conference games fall on a Wednesday, but that's going to be on Tuesday the 15th. Um, Jamestown, as usual, good competitive bunch. Um, eight and three, four and two in the conference. Uh, nice win against Morningside earlier in the season. So, you know, they're going to uh, bring all they got, obviously. Um, that's, that's a school that we've had some good games with. Uh, we've blown them out a couple times. They've got us back a couple times. It's, it's been kind of back and forth. What are you thinking about Jamestown this year? Well, you know, first it's, it is abnormal to play this on a Tuesday. And, and on, to be honest, Matt, what happened was this was not a week that GPAC games were scheduled. Um, and as things have shifted with COVID, um, we moved a couple games from February into this week. So we were supposed to play these games in February, both of these games this week, and kind of made the decision as a league that we needed a little flexibility, a little leeway for postponements, um, whatever may come up in the second semester. So we're leaving those dates open and moving these to, to December. And then on top of that, Jamestown had previously had some kind of high school tournament or something scheduled at their gym Saturday. And so they moved their Saturday game to Friday and asked us to move Wednesday to Tuesday. And, you know, to me, it's just the right thing to do, help each other out when situations like that happen. So, so that's why we're playing Tuesday, but uh, Jamestown's good, Matt, they're good. They're big, they're physical. Um, you know, they're, they're a little different than pretty much every team in our league where a lot of times they're going to have two post players on the floor. And, you know, Mason Walters, he, he's leading the league in scoring and rebounding for him. He plays the four, but, he, you know, he can post up, he can shoot. He's really good. He's a tough matchup. 
Um, and they and they shoot the ball really well as a team. Um, you know, and they're defensively, they're just physical. They're going to make things hard on you. It's a, you know, it's a tough place to play, but it's a fun place to play too. You know, the times we've been up there, their crowd gets into it, you know, and we'll see what that's like this year. Have to keep saying that, but, uh, you know, it, it should be a fun game. It, it Sometimes when you get these, you know, teams that are opposite of each other in a lot of ways, it, it's kind of fun to, to see what kind of adjustments each team makes to try to, you know, take advantage of their mismatch or, or try to counter the other team's mismatch that they might have. Um, but it, it's going to be a fun game. It's, you know, on the road, we're going to need to be dialed in for 40 minutes. And I'll say that every road game we play this year. Well, then uh, on Saturday, like I said, Saturday the 19th, you get down and uh, play Doan. And I know you're still several days away from taking a, a good hard look at them on film. Uh, but, you know, another conference team, team we see every year twice. So, you know, do you expect to see a lot of the same things you see out of Doan each year? And, and what are the things that they do that might give you some trouble? Well, Doan uh, notoriously it just mixes up what they do. Um, you know, a lot of times this year they played a zone defense, which is out of the ordinary for teams in our league. Um, they really, a lot like we would, a lot like Midland did, they're going to try to really spread us out um, on the defensive side and drive it and kick it and shoot a lot of threes and play fast. Um, you know, so it'll be, seems like a long way away, honestly. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a team that plays a zone like that. We're going to have to put some time in in practice because we have zone offense and all that stuff. We just don't practice it that much because we don't see it that often. So we'll, we'll spend some time on that and, you know, head down there and, and hopefully we can go down and get a win because, you know, one of the things you can get in Crete, Nebraska that you can't get many other places at the local grocery store is a kolachi. If we win, I'm going to, I'm going to have to indoctrinate some of our players to what a kolachi is. Um, well, if you don't, if you don't know Matt. Yeah. That's what I was a, just going to ask. It's a, it's a Czech pastry fruit filled in the middle. Um, I, they're hard to explain. Um, you know, I make them occasionally. It's a fifth generation Spaghetti recipe, but uh, you know we, we gotta we gotta take care of business first, and then the guys get to eat a kolache. We're talking like a light, flaky kind of pastry thing. Like no, no, it's it's a denser pastry, and okay. uh, it's kind of pressed down in the middle and filled with fruit. Okay, you know, th right. think uh, the the closest thing you'd find is a Danish. Okay, but the different texture of the the bread itself and a hundred times better. All right. Might have to get that recipe out, put it on the PC uh, Buckets Twitter uh, account sometime or something. Unless uh, we can't, we can't just be giving out Charlie Spaghetti's recipe. Matt. Um, Understood. That's, that's I don't know if we can do that, but I'll tell you this: we get the win. I might have to make a delivery to your house of one, so you can try one. If I recall, now that you say that, I, I believe I'm still owed some barbecue for our Super Bowl bet from last. Yeah, you are. So you are they completely, completely forgot about it till you just said <laughs> that too. So I blame, I blame you as the winner of the bet for not reminding me or not hounding me about this, right. especially, you know, March through September prime barbecue season. Right. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. And kind of maybe what I'm doing uh, subconsciously here is just parlaying that into the next Super Bowl. Uh, where if the Chiefs take down the Niners again, which probably doesn't look like a likely scenario this year, but it looks unlikely. Yeah, 
probably not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I'll take you up on that. I'll give you, you know what, with COVID and everything else going on, I figured you had enough on your plate. I wasn't going to bug you for that. But uh, yeah, we need to get that going here one of these weekends probably. <laughs> Two road games this week at Jamestown on uh, Tuesday night, the 15th, and then a Doan down in Crete. That game will be Saturday. Uh, Coach, you know, we this is a question I'm asking every week just to give our listeners a heads up, but do you know what's going on in terms of fan attendance? Are they allowing anybody in the gym? Yeah, so up at Jamestown on Tuesday, um, they have uh, opened it up a little bit more. I think what I read was they have 600 tickets available. It's all online. So if you need tickets, um, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, it might be too late to be honest with you, but you need to check on their website um, and they'll, they'll let you know if they're available. And then down at Doan, as far as I know, as of right now, um, it'll be the same situation as Midland with, with no visiting fans. All right, there you so go. So either way, check it out online. yep, there you go. Uh, and I've noticed the technology's gotten a lot better with a lot of the schools with their online offerings. I mean, it's, it's been really nice to watch some of these. Um, and I don't know what Briar Cliff's doing now, but I saw something when I was up at the game last week, there was something hanging down underneath the balcony on the side. Yeah. So that's, that thing's awesome. Yeah. That is, uh, it's all computerized, it's a new camera. It's mounted up in the ceiling. And as far as I understand it, you set the timer of when you want it on and it does all the work. There's no human being controlling that camera. I have no clue how that technology works. Um, and there's actually, I think there's five or six little cameras inside of it because one of them is always on the scoreboard and that pops up on the bottom of the screen. And it's, you know, through a couple games now, we've been using that. There's been no issues with the film. So there's some kind of crazy technology that's working, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. I mean, even, even as it, you know, pans across the floor and then you get going into a set, it'll kind of zoom in then watching it on CBS or something like that official it's that's really a really nice so that's a good addition whoever put that in up at the cliff it's been really nice uh experience watching that at home for sure all right well coach we gotta we gotta do our starting five and you know this is a a holiday themed starting five which you know some people might say wouldn't it make more sense to do that next week the podcast right before the holidays but you know we're under two weeks now out from Christmas and uh for this week's starting five, you know, we're going to talk about Christmas movies and it's important to talk about that now because that gives you, you know, a good 11, 12 days before Christmas here to get some of these in. And so uh, we're going to talk about starting five Christmas movies and uh, you called an audible. I had a different idea for the starting five and, and uh, you wanted to talk about this just because um, it's important that, that we talk about this during the year because it, it is an important topic especially as we're sitting around during COVID trying to find something to do. So with that, yeah. let, let, let's talk about starting five Christmas movies. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to get into the diehard debate. That's kind of a tired old debate every year. It's a stupid debate. We're, no, move on. We're not talking about it. We're not going to talk about it. Um, so with that, you know, I, I did put a starting five together. I'm curious to hear yours and, and maybe let's just go back and forth and we can kind of figure out what we have in common here. Yeah. And, you know, disclaimer, we did this starting five about a year ago. And to be honest, there's a good chance mine's changed. So, you know, if somebody wants to fact check me or whatever, so be it. But, uh, you know, it's a fluid thing. I don't have to be married to the same starting five Christmas movies forever. So let's start at point guard, Matt. This is a no brainer for me. Home Alone. Um, 
hilarious, questionable plot, but absolutely hilarious throughout the whole thing. Yep, I'm right with you there. Uh, my one's also Home Alone. Um, you know, you, you cannot go wrong. It's a, it's honestly, it's a good movie any time of year. Like you can turn that thing on, and I'll watch it any time of year. But something about Home Alone, it's the music, uh, everything about the spirit of that movie is absolutely by far the best Christmas movie there is. I've got that at my one, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, make a little bit of an Iowa uh, Hawkeye basketball. Um, analogy here. So that's my Connor McCaffrey as I go through these, and that'll make more sense here in just a minute. Okay. Um, you know, and on top of it, in the Home Alone movies, there's a lot of just great small parts. You know, you've always got Macaulay Culkin as Kevin, but John Candy as the polka king of the Midwest in Home Alone. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's unbelievable. So, I mean, that just great. Um, let's go to Two Guard. Mine's Home Alone 2. And in my opinion, it might actually be better than Home Alone. But I leave Home Alone as my point guard because it's the original. Um, it's always going to get the job done. Home Alone 2 definitely has a better prank scene, you know, the last 30 minutes or so. Um, also some great um, small parts in that movie, too. But, uh, you know, having a, a dynamic duo at the guard spots is going to be tough to be. That's like, that's like Eric Erdman and Jay Wolf at the one and the mm -hmm. two. You know, both really good. How do you determine which one's better? Depends on the night. Yep. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around in my positioning here a little bit to stay with my Iowa Hawkeye uh, analogy here. So I've got Home Alone two at my four. That's my Patrick McCaffrey, and uh, it's it's the brother. Obviously, Home Alone two is the brother to Home Alone. Uh, could make the argument it's quite a bit better, but uh, you know, at this point in time. Home Alone's the, the true classic, and you can't go wrong with it. So that's going to stay my one. But I have a Home Alone 2 as my four. Lost in New York. Actually, that was just on TV last night. I'm trying to think. We were flipping through some channels, and that came on. And my kids had never seen Home Alone 2 yet. Uh, that's poor parenting. Sorry, Matt. I'm, not, I'm in no position to say that because I don't have kids, but I think that's poor parenting on your part. It probably is, yeah. Although, you know, nowadays there's so many options for these kids to watch. You yeah, that, that's like, true. There's like guess. a million different movies. So anyway, that's what it is. So, so far we're kind of uh, in step here. Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Yeah, so I, and I, I'm not going one, two, three, four, five. We're, we're jumping to the five spot. The post player, Christmas Vacation um, is my post player. If you haven't seen it, that's a you problem. And it's awesome. So at my five, I've got Christmas Vacation. That's my Garza. Can't miss uh, watch that movie again any time of year. Great movie, great for laughs, great for the heart. Uh, the characters in it, you know, you talked about that in Home Alone, but pretty much every character in that movie is phenomenal. All the way down. Because uh, Cousin Eddie is on point that entire movie. Oh, man, it's his movie. I mean, he's the main character of that movie. Basically. You know, Bill Murray's brother is the boss. I forget his name. I think it's Brian Murray or something like that. But Uh-huh. He's great in those little scenes that he's in. Just the whole thing's perfect. So that's uh, that's my five. Okay. So then we, we've got our, our three and our four spots left. The three for me is the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the cartoon one, not the Jim Carrey one. Um, you know, it's one of the, the great Christmas songs as well. So, you, you know, it's short. It's not too long. It's an easy watch. Phenomenal. Classic. 
So I'm going back to my two guard here and I've got elf in at my two guard. Um, you know, the games change a lot over the years. I had to go with something a little more modern. So I went with uh, elf at my two hilarious movie. That's one my kids have watched like a million times, almost to the point where I've, I've kind of gotten sick of it, but it's a hilarious movie. I'm a Will Ferrell guy. I know he can be kind of polarizing with some people, but uh, I love Will Ferrell. And I, I Will Ferrell's think, awesome. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. So I've got my two. Okay, and so I've got my four left. And this one's a little out there, but I'm going It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. And it's a good movie, but it, it is a, there's a personal reason. You know, the star or co-star Donna Reed is my grandpa's cousin. So there's a family connection for me um, with It's a Wonderful Life. So Donna Reed, pride of Denison, Iowa, my cousin. Yeah, I think, uh, is it the McDonald's in Denison? There's like a, a Subway or a McDonald's where there's a whole Donna Reed wall where there's all this information. It's, it's, it's at like McDonald's like, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, yep. yep. So my three, I went old school with this. I went with Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the old uh, stop motion animated one. The Claymation one? Yeah, yep, Rankin Bass or whatever that company is that makes all those. Oh, yeah. So I went with that at my three, just a, an old school, um, you know, um, well, really what it is, is you know it's Christmas time when you are watching regular network television and this thing comes on in prime time. I mean, there's nothing better than that night where ABC or CBS, whatever channel it is, starts playing all these old movies. Um, some about it is nostalgia. I remember as a kid, we had like a pirated VHS tape that had all those movies on it. We'd flip that thing in and you had to fast forward to find the movie that you wanted to watch at the time. But uh, what we found it's something about that 45 minutes or however long it was, is just the most comforting, nostalgic feeling. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, love that movie. To me, when that thing comes on, uh, I mean, officially Christmas time. So those are my five. Great, great list. I know, uh, you know, I was joking with you before we started recording about Christmas Chronicles. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. Mm -mm. Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus and, you know, he, he leads these kids on an adventure. Have you seen Adventures in Babysitting? You remember that? Like, Matt, that's one of the great movies of all time. So, of course, I Adventures in Babysitting. So Christmas Chronicles is kind of... In fact, not to, not to interrupt, <laughs> my, my first car in high school, I had an 83 Camaro, and I wanted so bad to get customized license plates that said, so cool, <laughs> because of that movie. Yeah. Well, Christmas Chronicles is basically uh, that movie mixed with, like, Elf and a lot of... It's actually kind of nice, but it's a pretty weird movie, but it's a good one. But, all right, well, there's uh, your starting five. If you haven't seen all of those, first of all, uh, we feel sorry for you because uh, hopefully everyone's seen all of those at least a handful of times. Um, if you haven't, you still have time to catch up here before Christmas. We're still a couple weeks away, so make sure you get those out. All right, well, Coach, we better talk about our life rule. Um, you know, this time of year leads to a lot of stress, even in a normal year. Of course, we have COVID thrown on top of that, but Christmas time stressful for a lot of different reasons. And so we actually had a listener write in wanting to uh, get a life rule ruling on a question that he had. And this comes from uh, Jay Wright, well-known friend of the podcast. So Jay uh, must have been out shopping. I don't know if he was shopping for groceries or Christmas presents or what, but 
Uh, he tweeted at us when he was shopping recently, uh, and he said he needed a life rule ruling. And his question is, how many items is too many for the self-checkout aisle? Well, as a big proponent of the self-checkout, I don't think there is a, a limit. I guess I think if, uh, if you fill up the, the bagging area with all your stuff of full bags and you still have half a cart full, you've gone too far and you need to go to the normal aisle. But I, I do think if you fill up that area and have a couple items left that you're going to throw on top, I say go for it and, and let's go. But, it, I mean, if your cart's overflowing and you're going to have like 12 sacks of stuff, you probably need to go to the normal checkout. Yeah, that was, that was for a second there. I thought you were throwing out a hot take there when you said there is no limit. But I think you saved it when you, you fill up the little platform. You know, I, to me, that's a fair – I think you need to read the read the situation too. If this yeah. is like one o'clock on a Sunday and it's busy and there's a ton of people waiting, you might need to lessen the threshold a little bit. But if it's Tuesday afternoon, there's nobody there. I think you can uh, you can up it a little bit. Well, and if you've got a bunch of like produce or something like that, you then you don't go to the line unless I mean if you grew up in the grocery business, which I kind of did. My dad ran grocery stores. So I know bananas are 40 11. That's the code for bananas. I can't remember any other ones, but bananas are the most common. I mean, if you know that stuff and you know how to operate the computer to weigh that stuff, then okay, maybe. But I use some common sense on that. If you're going to have to call somebody over from management to key in a, a code because you're buying some weird stuff or you need to get carded for alcohol or something like that, go find the express lane, do something else. But it's not just the way to cheat the system if you have a cart full and you don't want to wait in line. That's not what it's there for. All right, Coach, we're going to keep this week pretty short and sweet. I know uh, you've got a lot going on here as you get ready for the last games before we head into uh, Christmas break. Um, but we do have to wrap things up here with shout-outs. So what do you have for us this week? Yeah, I, I've got a shout-out for all the people who bought cardboard cutouts to be put in the stands at the Flanagan Center. Um, and a couple people in particular. Number one is is Bobby and Courtney Beach Patterson, um, who had who had cardboard cutouts there, and a couple of my college teammates bought a cardboard cutout of one of our other college teammates in a cow costume from Halloween about 15 <laughs> years ago, um, unbeknownst to everybody. So that was a that was a welcome surprise for me on on uh, on Wednesday. So shout out to Bobby and Courtney, and then shout out to Eric Mason and John Person for pulling a fast one on everybody. All right, kind of along those same lines, I'm going to give a shout out, you know, as a kind of an outsider here, uh, a shout out to the athletic administration at Briarcliff. Like we talked about, you know, the online experience has really improved. Um, you know, when I was at the game a couple of weeks ago, you know, they did a really good job allowing people into the building while still doing things the smart way and the right way. They had a nice system at the, Course, people could get in, you know, with their tickets and, and those sorts of things. And then, like you said, the cutouts. But what a what a cool thing to do, especially at a smaller school. I know you see that stuff on TV with bigger schools at football games and stuff like that. But uh, what a cool thing to do for Briar Cliff, and it's a way to get alumni and other supporters involved in the program. So I just I think, in my view, the way everybody's handled everything this fall, uh, allowing you know athletics to to continue on as best as they can while still having fun with it 
and doing some really cool things to enhance the programs. I just, I, I really love to see that as an alum. So, you know, congratulations to everyone who's been involved with that. It's been really successful. All right. So with that, uh, don't forget Tuesday night, again, Tuesday night, not a typical Wednesday night game. Briarcliff will play at Jamestown. Make sure you catch those games online. Women at six, men will play at eight. And then on Saturday down at Dome, that's December 19th. Uh, women will play at two. The men will play at four o'clock. So next week we'll be back uh, to break down the last game of 2020. So we'll talk about that game next week. And then we'll talk about Christmas break and, and some of those things. But uh, on behalf of Coach Figuera, this is Matt. We appreciate everybody who's listening. Take care and we will talk to you next time.